breakups are tough. They're hard. They like they will have you gasping for air and panicking, but they will truly make you who you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She's Intimidating. I am your host, Jess, and we are live from my new studio. You guys, I did this. I am so excited, so proud of myself. I worked really hard for this, and we did it. It's just like out of the spare bedroom of my apartment, but still, we did it. And my new rule to all my friends and family that come and visit me, if you're going to come stay in my guest bedroom slash podcast studio, it only makes sense that you have to be on the podcast, okay? So um, this week's topic, we are going to talk about moments in my life where I learned the most, and hopefully it can teach you guys something as well. But first, we always do like an update, things that are going on. So let me tell you about the job I literally had for one week. But before I tell you about that job, I'm going to tell you about my first day at this job, because let me tell you, I am not sure what came over me. But I literally started a job at this like fine dining restaurant slash club, very well known in Orlando, very well known on TikTok. Anyway, first day there. And I don't know what happened or what came over me. I have a very sensitive stomach. Like chances are, if I think I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up. So yes, I threw up all over the girl's bathroom on my first day of work everywhere. Thank God it wasn't chunky. Literally, it was like mainly water and like some celery earlier that day. But literally, I threw up everywhere and it was so embarrassing. But I mean, it's fine. They were like really nice. Everyone took care of me. But yeah, I literally lasted one week at this job. And I think it just came down to betting on myself. I have wanted to do this podcast for a while. I've wanted to work from home. I've just wanted to take the risk and bet on myself. And I went and I started this job and it was like late, late hours, like nine hour shifts. And those weren't doubles. Like you're not working that long in the serving industry unless you're working a double. Nine hour shifts are kind of unhumane. Like uh, if I wanted to work a nine hour shift, I'd be at the lab, you know, which obviously I left there because I didn't really want to do that line of work. Anyway. So yesterday kind of sent an email to my boss and I was like, here's why I'm leaving. I didn't just want to not show up, but like, sorry, I only lasted a week, but you got to bet on yourself. Okay. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but not really because now I can do this. You know, I can be here. I finished my podcast studio. I was supposed to be at work. I quit my job and I literally set up these chairs. I set up all of it, my own podcast studio. And it feels so good. I'm not even kidding you. Like I feel so accomplished right now. Obviously I am now in Orlando, which I'm sure you guys heard the podcast last week that I had my boyfriend on. And we talked about like our move to Orlando and all that stuff. But yes, we are finally here. It's so weird to have like a camera staring back at me because this is the first episode like we're recording. I'm in the studio. It feels so good. Okay. So currently I'm on day four of 75 hard. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what 75 hard is, it's basically you for 75 days in a row, you read 10 pages a day. You do two 45 minute workouts. One of them has to be outside. You drink a gallon of water, which I need to drink my water. I've been slacking today. You take a progress picture every day. Don't think I'm missing it. Oh, then you have to like follow a diet as well. So like I'm doing like literally 
no sugar. And then people are like, you can't have fruit because you know, like fruits and have natural sugars. No, that's not what I mean. Okay. I just mean, I'm not going to go get a candy bar from the store. I'm not going to go get ice cream. Me and my boyfriend love ice cream. We get ice cream like three times a week. Not anymore. Cause we're on day four of 75 hard. Anyway, as a joke, before we moved, I was like, should we do 75 hard when we get to Orlando? And he's like, no, why would I want to do that? Like, we're not doing 75 hard. I want to get to Orlando and I want to drink and I want to have fun. And then on our way here, he's like, 75 hard sounds really nice. Because for those of you who have never moved across the country, you are going without your belongings, which means your kitchen stuff, all that stuff for a month, which means you were eating out for a month, which is exactly what we had to do. So 75 hard sounded really nice and it's going pretty good. Um, Yeah, we're on day four. So I'll just keep you guys updated with that. Have you guys heard of the bedside rule? Because I think this is amazing and incredible. And I, the bedside rule is a thing. So the bedside rule is that the girl always gets the spot on the bed closest to the door. And I didn't realize that this is what I'd always do until I saw a TikTok about the bedside rule. And I was like, way, I kind of love it because not just my boyfriend, but like any guy I've dated in the past, they'd always get mad at me because I'd switch sides of the bed. Like, like I'd always sleep on the same side of the same bed. But if we went to a hotel or stayed somewhere else, like I would always sleep on the side closest to the door. And they'd be like, wait, that's not the side you sleep on at home. And I'm like, well, uh, I, and I couldn't figure out why, but it's like, literally, I think that I have to be on the side closest to the door. I don't know why the serial killer comes in. I'm literally going to be first. Genuinely, like I don't need that, but it's a bedside rule. Okay, men, you got to let the lady sleep on the side that's closest to the door. And ladies, we got to sleep on the side that's closest to the door. It's the bedside rule. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. I, I don't follow any rules, okay? I can't conform to anything. Not my thing. Hence why I have a podcast. Let's get to the topic of the moments in my life where I learned the most. Coming in number one, for those of you that don't know, uh, when I was five years old, I had one of my siblings pass away. It was my brother. He was 15 at the time. He uh, fell off a cliff and his neck snapped. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through, especially as a five-year-old when you're kind of learning how to process all of your emotions and things that are going, like you're not sure at that age, you know? Like, So it was just a huge loss for me at a really, really early age. And it just sticks with me to this day. Like it's been 20 years. I'm 25. Literally, and the anniversary of his death, I think, is when this podcast comes out. I'm not even kidding you. September 14th. So that is like one of the biggest monumental moments in my life. And I think it is a huge reason why I am the person that I am today by experiencing that kind of loss. And for those of you that are experiencing like loss like that, maybe you lost a sibling or just someone in your immediate family and someone really close to you. I expressed this to my cousin. Uh, I just went to a funeral in Nashville and she just had her brother pass away. It was my cousin that passed away that was actually named after my brother. He was born right after my brother passed away and they named him after him. So that was just like interesting, like kind of how that worked out. And I kind of explained to her that the real grieving when you lose someone, it isn't right away. It's not when everyone's around you and everyone's helping you and like the funeral of that. It's after the funeral when everybody else has to go back to their lives because it doesn't affect people as much as like the direct family because they're the ones that like have built their life around this person. And I, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but I had a conversation with my mom like about my brother passing away and she's like, well, like, yeah, we had to figure out 
what our family was without, you know, our brother or like your brother. And that's just exactly how it is. So just keep going. If you have experienced a loss like this, like time does heal. Unfortunately, like with the death, it's not like a breakup. It's not like you're going to be okay in a few months. It's going to take years and years. And the real grieving truly just happens after everyone leaves, after everyone goes back to their old life, you know, the extended family, the friends that are always there. Like they unfortunately do have to go back to their regular lives and you can't for a while. And my biggest advice would be just to turn to someone who has experienced that before. So like set in my DMs if you have to, because the only person who truly knows what you're going through is someone who has experienced it, unfortunately, and that is no one else's fault. It's just like, it's just a pain that no one could ever imagine feeling. And it's completely unbearable, like unless you've gone through it yourself. The next thing, breakups. And boy, do these have you gasping for air. I would not have this podcast if it wasn't for my last breakup. I would not be sitting here talking to you. I would not be in the studio in Orlando. I would not be living my life this way. And I love my life. I've worked so hard. I've fought so hard for my life to be this way. So it's like, yes, breakups are tough. They're hard. They like they will have you gasping for air and panicking, but they will truly make you who you are. And it sucks because unlike someone who has passed away, you are mourning the loss of someone who is still alive. And you both have to go and learn to live your lives without each other, which is unfortunate. It's hard. But the real tragedy is people who have never experienced a breakup in their entire life. That I will say. That's the real tragedy because they haven't experienced a loss so hard that they have had to figure out how to go on and build something new. So that's the real tragedy, okay? But unfortunately, breakups are a lesson that I've learned in my life. Starting this podcast, <laughs> like I said, I'm in a studio in Orlando. I have built so many connections and your girl just started a new job. Okay, this is what's crazy. Like I told you before, I quit my job literally after one week. I quit it yesterday from when I'm recording this podcast. This podcast doesn't get released for a week. So I will have quit my job for an entire week before this podcast come out. I have two jobs. I'm not even kidding you. And one of the jobs I got was a connection through this podcast. I am the client relations specialist for Britain Media. So if you have a podcast and you would like your podcast to be promoted or anything, just hit me up because I do work for a company that does that now. And so I'm in charge of just like reaching out to podcasters and seeing if they would like to work with us, stuff like that. Really exciting. So excited for this next chapter. And then I just had an interview literally right before I recorded this podcast. And I am literally a assistant. It's an executive assistant for this guy that develops like apps and stuff for Android and Apple. So I'm excited. I literally start next week. And this is like stuff I can do on my own time so I can focus on the things that I really want to focus on, which is this podcast and things I have going on in my life. I know that was like kind of besides the point, but this podcast is an event in my life that has taught me so much and has built me so many connections and I don't regret it. Which leads me into the next thing, which is starting a business through this podcast and making it an LLC. Although I still have not made any money from it, hopefully that will change soon. I literally have to file taxes quarterly. And unfortunately, I missed my tax deadline the other day. I literally thought it was August 31st. Nope, it was July 31st. Obviously, you can like file them late and it's just like 
quarterly expenses stuff, you know, that you have to like send through. And there's like a lot of stuff I have to figure out because I moved from Utah to Orlando. Uh, The business is registered in Utah. So I think at the end of this year, I need to figure out how to exchange that and like close the business in Utah and reopen it in Orlando. And that's going to teach me a lot. Like literally is taught me so much. So registering this podcast as a business, moving across the country, boy, moving is not for the faint of heart. And I know I said this last week, but it is some hard stuff. The experiences I had with the movers went a month without all of my stuff. Moving to a place where you don't know anybody, literally. The only people that I kind of knew were people that I was working with, but I quit that job after a week. And now I'm working from home. So it's like, I really don't know anyone besides my boyfriend and my dog. And these people I'm working for now. I don't know. I think I'm going to see like, there's just going to be something that happens in my life that would never have happened if I didn't move. So I just know that's like, that one is more of like something I see in the future. I know it's a huge event in my life where I learned the most, although I cannot really see it yet. I can in some ways, but in others, like I feel like, you know, the biggest moment has not happened yet. Okay. This one's interesting, but I mean, okay. It's when I won the state championship for my high school soccer. And this was in 2013, the fall of 2013. Yeah. Cause my senior year was fall of 2014. And then I graduated in 2015. Yes, that sounds right. And normally I just thought it was so weird because in high school, everyone wants to win a state championship. Everyone wants to be a state championship. And I literally got my ring and it's been hidden in the back of my closet ever since. Just sitting there. Again, obviously I don't wear it or anything. I don't know why I would wear that. It's like kind of big and it's not like tacky. Like I just would never wear it. It wouldn't go with anything. I want to say it's tacky in the sense that why would I wear that on my finger? But at the same time, it's like, I accomplished that and it's a huge accomplishment. I'm so proud of myself. But where I really felt it come full circle was one of my last nights in Utah. I was at Rio Tinto Stadium, which is where I won my state championships 10 years prior. And I was there for a reggae concert with my boyfriend. And I literally like walked over to the field and I was looking down and I was like, I just got this sense of peace. And I'm like, whoa, like this was a great feeling. Like last time I was here, I'd won a state championship and I was just feeling so nostalgic. And that's why I put that in here. It was just, was because at the reggae concert, I was like vibing. I'm like, Ooh, like this was a monumental moment in my life. And here we are college soccer, boy, boy, boy. Here's the thing with college soccer. I loved every moment of it. And I did get like a decent amount of playing time every year that I played more than like a lot of people got. I didn't start every single game, but I did like play in probably every single game. And I started in a majority of the games, but where it was tough was there was 41 girls on my soccer team and 11 have starting positions. And then you take the defensive line where I play and you don't get subbed out of the defensive line. You play two 45 minute halves. And then if you go into overtime, then you get two 10 minute halves after that. And they don't really sub the defensive line unless A, you're really sucking that day. Or B, you get injured. But if you're like on your game and you're doing great, you're staying in that whole game. And a lot of the time, like I was doing great. I was playing fine. So then I got to stay in and it was really, really tough. And I remember I'd get off the field and I would hear girls on my own team talking behind my back and just being like, but it wasn't just me. It was other people as well. I heard them talking about other people more, but I did hear them talking about me just being like, I don't know why she's on the field. Like she's not that good. And it was just like so funny because it has to do with, I was a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. And I was super fast. That's why I got to play, but it doesn't have to do 
like it does have to do with your skill set, but it's also it's a team effort. So some people play better together than others. And I think like a lot of the time people forgot that. Like if you're not a team player, but you're a good athlete, that doesn't mean a lot to coaches. But if you're a good athlete and you're a team player, guess what? You're probably going to get a lot more playing time. And I would say that some of these girls probably weren't team players because they were talking behind my teammates back as well as mine about how they should be on the field. But it also is hard when you have 41 girls on a team and 11 of them play. Well, like I would say maybe like 17 would play in an entire game, which means like between subs and stuff. And it could be less than that, but I would say like average 17 people, which means you have like what? Over 24 girls that are just like sitting there. Granted, there would be injuries and stuff, but that honestly like taught me so much because it was emotionally hard and physically draining. Like I had to get up early. I had to be gone out of town from Wednesday to Monday morning. There were times that we'd literally like walk back to our apartment. The sun would be rising and we'd have class in 45 minutes. I'm not even kidding. It was the hardest thing any college athlete would know. So rewarding. So worth it. I loved my time as a college athlete. I do not regret any moment of it, but it taught me so much about myself, playing together, working as a team, balancing a lot of things. I had to be a college soccer. I had to be a full-time athlete. I worked two full-time jobs and all of that. And I see people now doing that. And I'm just like, I remember that time of my life and it was so good and so rewarding. And I'm glad that I did it while I was young, but that's so unhumane. Like I, my social interaction was going to work and soccer and school. That was my social interaction, but it was nice because I did live on campus slash near campus. So it's like, I would, you know, there's school events and things. And a lot of the school events as an athlete, you kind of are required to go to. So my social battery, like it, I mean, I wouldn't say my social battery, but it's not like my social life suffered because if anything, all of that helped my social life because I just was involved with so many people and so many things. This one's random. I'm not even kidding you. So random. You're going to be like, did she really just say that? Yes, she just said that. So the other day I was like about to get mad at my boyfriend because he shut the lights off on me and I was vacuuming and I'm like, uh, I know you did not just shut the lights off on me. And as I was about to say that, I looked down because the vacuum has light, right? I encourage every single one of you to vacuum with the lights off, especially if you have a pet, especially if you have a golden retriever who gets your house all hairy, mister. He is like literally my little shadow though. Like he's like asleep right here next to me. He follows me everywhere and just like sleeps next to me. So cute. So protective. Love him. And he's also doing 75 hard. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog do 75 hard, but like this one is doing good with me. Anyway, because I go on runs every day. So then he comes with me. Obviously, he doesn't do the indoor workout, but like that's a lot. Like we'd be going on like three and a half, four mile runs every day. And he's like pooped. He just sleeps all day after that because I just poop him out. Anyway, so yeah, he turns the lights off. I'm vacuuming in the dark and I look down and I'm like, oh, I can see everything. I can see all this hair. I can keep the lights off. Keep the lights off right now. So I encourage all of you to just especially if you have a pet vacuum with the lights off. I know that's strange, but I'm pretty sure your vacuum has a light on it because I think they all do. I'm pretty sure. I don't I don't know why they wouldn't. And you're going to see, you might be disgusted. I was like, are you joking me? And I don't know why that's a freaking event in my life where I learned the most. But yeah, I learned the most because I was about to ream my boyfriend a new one. And then I realized that I loved him. I mean, I do love him, but I was like, 
I was literally about to scream at him and I'm like, I love you. You're amazing. I literally will kiss the ground you walk on after I vacuum it for my dog is here. <laughs> so yeah, um, those are some events in my life where I learned the most. And truly they have made me who I am. I would not be here today if those events did not happen in my life. And I know that it's hard to, I mean, not hard. It's easy to get discouraged and just be like, I just remember feeling so discouraged because at an early age, you know, like I had my brother pass away. Like I just had all of these things happen to me. And I was like, I would see people in my life and they've never experienced a loss like that or like a heartbreak like that. And it was just like, why me? Why me? But because I'm strong, because I can take it. Why me? Because I can handle it. And literally what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I'm stronger because of it. I'm here because of it. I'm in front of you because of the things that I've gone through and the things that I've done. And you should never regret that. So that's what I remind myself. And now I'm just really grateful for the things that did happen in my life and made me who I am because this is a good feeling. It really is. And I'm just like so happy that I can share the things that I've gone through with people, especially those that are just like lost and they're like, I don't know what to do. Like maybe they don't have a lot of friends. I'm here. I'm your friend. I'm, I'm here for you. Don't worry. And I would love to get like guests on the podcast. So if you want to come on the podcast, let me know. Let me know because I have another chair over here. Okay. This is just directly on me because it's just me. So it's like, obviously I'm going to have a direct shot on the camera off topic a little bit, but not really. So this is kind of a weird analogy, but I saw it on TikTok and I just kind of made my own little twist on it. And it was like how creating a new version of yourself is kind of like remodeling your kitchen. And hear me out. I don't own a home or anything. I've never had to remodel a kitchen. But when you remodel a kitchen, think of it as the current version of yourself. You're like, I want to create a new version of myself. You are remodeling a kitchen. The version that it is right now, hence yourself. Maybe it's okay, but it's not like, it's not what you want. You want to make it better. So what do you do? You knock all that stuff down. You take the cabinets out. You like completely muck it. And then it looks really ugly. It looks uglier than it did at first. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck did I do? And then you build this beautiful kitchen and you build it back up. So I feel like when you're trying to create a new version of yourself, and I'm kind of like trying to do that in Orlando, it's not pretty. You have to break yourself down in order to build yourself back up or like better. And it just has to happen that way. Like that's just the cycle of it. It's almost like, okay, if you took your original kitchen and let's say you just like painted the cabinets and maybe changed the hand, just switched up a little bit, you know, you're still that old person at the core and you've just like changed a few things. Maybe you changed your appearance a little bit, but you didn't change the core of the kitchen. You didn't change the core of who you are as a person. But when you break it all down, you take the cabinets off all of it. Okay. Let's say you muck out the entire kitchen, the floors, everything, and you build it back up. You can create it any way that you want. So don't get discouraged. Okay. It's going to look ugly at first, but you truly will be built into this amazing person. And the thing is, it's only you that can do that. It's so hard because there are so many times where you like wish that people could do the work for you, but they're never going to be able to. It's you, it's your life and you have to take control of that. And I know it's hard. Trust me. You're talking to the girl who was in the mental hospital. The girl who literally thought she had no other options than to take her own life. And I like will get emotional thinking about it. You guys, could you imagine if I went through and took my own life? all of the amazing things that I've built, I wouldn't be here to do them. And that's the thing that a lot of people who 
were at that point that they wanted to take their own life will say, it's like, I just thought there was no way out. And there is, there's completely a way out. Okay. There is 1000% a way out. And that emotion and the feeling I needed to feel that even though it was so dark and so lonely. And I was gasping, you guys, I was fighting for a will to live every single day. But now I did the work. I rebuilt myself into this amazing person. And I'm really proud of the person that I am today. Genuinely, I'm so proud of her. Like your girl don't take no shit. Genuinely. I know my worth. I, I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do. And I didn't know that two years ago when I was sitting in a mental hospital wondering like, can I do this? Yeah, I can. And so can you. Okay. I think that's all I have to say this week. Genuinely. Those are the moments in my life where I learned the most. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm so excited to do more podcast episodes in the studio. I'm sure I'll have guests. My boyfriend will be back on, obviously. And yeah, I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes. I'm excited to see where my new jobs go. Um, I truly think that I'm building like such a good life for myself out here. Yes, it's hard because I do miss my friends and family. I haven't really been home. Wow. Sorry, tongue twister. Not really, but... I really haven't been homesick yet, but I think it's just the way that technology is. Like I can get my friends on FaceTime all the time. I can call my parents whenever I want. So I haven't really been homesick, but obviously I miss like having a physical friend to talk to, like physically in the same room with me and hang out with me and all that stuff. But I'm sure I will make friends out here in Orlando. And if you live in Orlando and you want to be my friend, like please hit me up, please, please, please. Anyway, that's all I have to say this week. Um, If you guys need any advice on anything, please email the podcast. I don't know why no one has done it yet. You guys have been leaving me reviews. I don't know what changed. Like y'all have been leaving me reviews, but no one wants to ask me questions. Make it anonymous. I don't care if you, maybe I need to like make a Google doc or like a form that people can submit anonymous questions to. Because I feel like a lot of people for some reason don't want to tie their question to their name and I get it because then like you're going to know who they are, even though I wouldn't share who they were. But I get it. So maybe I need to do like an anonymous thing. So I will work on that. Follow the Instagram at she's intimidating. My personal Instagram is at jessa3s.ariel spelled A-R-I-E-L-L-E. And I think that is all I have to say this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Have a good week.